Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basili. If you have a question or comment, call us toll-free at 866-472-5788. Now back to the program. Here's Dr. Pat Basili. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. And, you know, continuing on this conversation, it's almost, it's almost paradoxical to talk in one segment about such abundance, prosperity as what we've seen and is going on in Dubai. And now to bring a conversation that is so much on the minds of people. And that has to do with debt. And right now joining me here today, uh, Dr. Robert Wright is here, the author of One Nation Under Debt. And we're going to be talking about this, but I want to mention to everyone, we've got several copies of this to give away. So if you are uh, listening to this show right now and would like to get a copy, you'd have to call in to Voice America right now, 866-472-5787, 866-472-5787 to get a copy of this book. Here's why this conversation is important. It's important because it's on everyone's mind. It's important because so many people don't truly understand what is happening and the impact. Robert Wright is joining us here today, Clinical Associate Professor of Economics at New York's University Stern School of Business. He is a a prolific author, engaging speaker, and also curator of the Museum of American Finance. And so he's joining us here today as the author of the book, One Nation Under Debt. And this is a conversation that is going to, you know, expand the spectrum. It's going to take a broad look at what debt is, what it's been, and is this so unusual. Thank you, Dr. Wright, for joining us here today. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, and what great timing, too, just a week before tax day. Yeah. (laughs) Well, you know, what is the national debt right now, by the way? Uh, It's just a tad shy of uh, $9.4 trillion. Wow. Yeah, that's uh, almost $31,000 per individual uh, in the United States. That's from, you know, babies to the elderly and everyone uh, in between. Well, you know, it's kind of strange because, you know, isn't it, you know, pretty much um, less than eight years ago we were looking at a balanced budget and a bunch of other things. That's right. Uh, in fact, I remember um, there was a, uh, some uh, technical discussions going on at that time about what the Federal Reserve was going to do in order to conduct monetary um, operations because traditionally it buys and sells treasury bonds, and they were supposed to uh, all have gone away by this point. So funny for them to trade. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's interesting to kind of look at you know, the flow and the evolution of things. And there are many reasons we could sit down and talk about the debt. And, you know, and, and, and this is what I'm hoping you'll share with us. But, I mean, you know, there, there, it, it's a big conversation. And so, you know, the question that comes to mind is, you know, what is it about this conversation that got your attention? I mean, talking about our nation being under debt seems so large, such a huge undertaking. Uh, well, uh, it, uh, it was to some extent. Um, you know, the book focuses um, uh, on the early period when the nation was founded uh, until the time that we paid off the first national debt uh, in the 1830s uh, and then um, skips rapidly ahead to the, to the near present uh, to look at uh, the situation today. 
so, you know, when we look at uh, what the, the evolution of debt is, let's start at the beginning. You know, uh, you know, here we are as a brand-new country, and, uh, you know, George Washington is making all the decisions. You know, was there such a thing as, as debt in yeah. our country at that yeah. time? Absolutely, that it certainly wasn't. You know, in the range we're talking about now, but you, you know, how did people, how did folks operate? How did government operate? Well, um, the the rebel government, uh, the ones that declared uh, independence against uh, Great Britain, you know, on July fourth, seventeen seventy six, as every schoolchild knows, uh, they couldn't raise uh, much in the way of taxes. Uh, they simply didn't have the tax administration to do so, and. Um, you know, maybe a third of Americans were go hung. You know, um, behind the um, the independence movement, another third were uh, loyal still to Great Britain, and they certainly weren't going to pay any taxes. And uh, the other third or so um, were were playing things by ear, so to speak. They were neutral, and they were you know um, going to see uh, which side uh, you know which side was likely to prevail before they were going to commit to one side or the other. So. Um, how do you fight a war when you can't raise uh, taxes? Well, one thing you can do is sell bonds, and uh, our early government uh, did that. Our first government did that, but they couldn't um, sell too many because, um, you know, the, the tax revenues weren't clear and the outcome of the war wasn't, uh, wasn't clear, uh, and so you had to be, you know, quite patriotic in order to uh, pony up good, good hard money uh, for a vague promise that you might get repaid in the future. So uh, the the next resort was to uh, print paper money, which um, in form and functions very similar to Federal Reserve notes today. Uh, so the government would uh, acquire some paper, have it printed up with uh, you know various denominations on it, and then use that to make uh, their payments to soldiers and uh, and suppliers and whatnot. Uh, and that worked quite well for a while. Uh, but uh, soon the government uh, found uh, that it, it, it had printed too much of this stuff, and so uh, uh, prices began to rise. Um, and it's interesting, we're, we're sort of in the exact same conundrum today mm-hmm. uh, with the Federal Reserve uh, cutting interest rates, cutting interest rates in order to try to save off the, um, the subprime uh, mortgage uh, debacle. Um, we may pay for that. Um, you know, in six months or a year from now, uh, in the form of uh, of much higher prices. You know, it seems like for a lot of people that this is, you know, this conundrum, this this thing that is taking on a life of its own. You know, are we sort of uh, keeping our heads in the sand by not truly, truly not paying attention to what's going on right now? Because I, I think it's it's a tough issue for the average American to pay attention to when in their own group, in their own homes, in their own families, they're struggling. Uh, well, in a sense, but uh, the two are linked, of course. Yeah, yes. Uh, primary, you know, the, what, what governments um, and what, what, our, um, what the founding fathers understood and one of the reasons why they wanted to pay off the, the national debt as soon as they could uh, was that uh, governments need to uh, be able to combat uh, shocks like the subprime mortgage problem with with both uh, arms, with um, monetary policy, which is the Federal Reserve cutting uh, interest rates, and also with fiscal policy, which uh, basically comes down to the, the federal government cutting taxes. Um, you want to have both because uh, the, the interest rate policy, as I just mentioned, uh, if you use it too much, uh, if you cut interest rates too much, you're going to cause inflation. 
Uh, and inflation, of course, is very bad for the economy as well. And it's particularly bad, of course, for uh, poor people. Uh, you know, the poorest Americans are the ones who are most hurt by inflation because the prices of the things that they need, like gasoline, um, <laughs> uh, but also, uh, you know, rent and clothing and whatnot, uh, tend to go up much faster than, than their wages, um, uh, you know, uh, can stay up. I mean, look how long it took to get the minimum wage uh, raised, for example, right? So uh, they, they ought to be paying attention because... Um, we could be in a, in a, in a heap of trouble here. Uh, well, you know, and then there's the question here also that we're looking at, uh, you know, Dr. Wright, we're looking at the question, will it stop? I mean, is this, you know, sort of this, this, uh, open-ended conversation, is there any, uh, is there any signs in the future that would say we're going to be able to put a lid on this and reverse it? And, and I think those are the things on people's minds right now. And, you know, when we look at where we are today, compared to some of the history that you've written about, you know, are we very different today than we were uh, during the time of George Washington or John Adams? Uh, yes, I think we are. Um, our early leaders were much more uh, uh, statesmen, um, and today's leaders tend to be politicians. And by that I mean, you know, uh, polit- politicians um, tend to pontificate and procrastinate. <laughs> Uh, whereas uh, statesmen uh, tend tend to study issues deeply and try to come up with the best solution to problems. And uh, they sometimes disagree. Uh, Alexander Hamilton and Thomas Jefferson disagreed uh, bitterly over what to do with the U.S. national debt, um, but they were both, uh, you know, trying to do what was best for uh, for the country. Um, and uh, the politicians today, uh, you know, it seems to be mostly about sound bites and personalities. Uh, and trying to avoid uh, hard issues like that. Yeah, and it's it's kind of interesting to see you know what the what the competencies were back in the time of you know Jefferson and and Washington you know in terms of what it took to run a government. I don't think any of them had to actually go get acting lessons, although I'm not sure. Uh, You know, but as we look at these conversations, you know, there are debates that have gone on early on. And, you know, I think we decided back then there was a right side and a wrong side to to national debt. Uh, You know, and it's almost as if uh, some of our early leaders had the same conversation we're having today. We'll talk about that when we come back from break. I am thrilled to have joining me here today Dr. Robert Wright. The book is One Nation Under Debt, Hamilton Jefferson and the History of What We Owe. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with the Dr. Pat Show. I'm your host, Dr. Pat Vasily. We'll be right back. Voice counts. Call toll free 1 866 472 5787. 1 866 472 5787. VoiceAmerica.com. I'm Dr. Pat Vasily, the host of The Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Let me help you take your empowering message to a community of people looking for products and services that value all life on earth and tap into the one true freedom we have, the freedom to choose. Let our listeners choose you. Join the buzz and be the buzz. Sponsor The Dr. Pat Show. Call me at 206-523-5522. That's 206-523-5522. 
Go Green at the Go Green Expo, New York City's largest eco-friendly consumer trade show on April 26th and 27th. Purchase the latest eco-friendly products and services from hundreds of exhibitors and learn from the best of green leaders. Visit GoGreenExpo.com. Learn how to green your life and help your environment. See Dr. Pat in person and listen to her speak with other top eco-minded leaders. Go Green Expo on April 26th and 27th in New York City. Visit GoGreenExpo.com. Go Green at the Go Green Expo, New York City's largest eco-friendly consumer trade show on April 26th and 27th. Purchase the latest eco-friendly products and services from hundreds of exhibitors and learn from the best of green leaders. Visit GoGreenExpo.com. Learn how to green your life and help your environment. See Dr. Pat in person and listen to her speak with other top eco-minded leaders. Go Green Expo on April 26th and 27th in New York City. Visit GoGreenExpo.com. Revitalize your soul with Wayne Dyer, Robert Holden, Doreen Virtue, Marianne Williamson, Greg Braden, and your other favorite Hay House authors on a day or weekend retreat in Las Vegas. It's the annual I Can Do It conference on June 26th through 29th at the Sands Expo, and it's packed with inspiring keynote lectures, interactive workshops, autograph sessions, exhibitors, and more than 35 best-selling authors. Tickets start at only $75. Call 800-654-5126 or visit ICanDoIt.net. Stop surviving. Start living. This is the year to bring your practice and your patience to the next level. Come to the workshop that can help you transform your practice and your life. See how beliefs affect our bodies and learn specific techniques for creating optimal health. Sponsored by the Institute of Healing Arts and Sciences. This workshop will help you do all of this and more. Register now for Merging Alternative and Traditional Therapies. April 11th through the 13th in Hartford, Connecticut. Call 866-303-HEAL. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basili. If you have a question or comment, call us toll-free at 866-472-5788. Now back to the program. Here's Dr. Pat Basili. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the show. And if you do call in, we've got a copy of the book to give the first, I think, two or three callers. So joining me here today is uh, Robert Wright. He is the author of One Nation Under Debt. And we're talking about the evolution of debt. And more importantly, you know, is this something that any of us can wrap our minds around? I mean, you know, there were debates about how to work with debt, whether we should have debt as a country or not. Uh, back in, in the day, let's say, let's uh, say, to, uh, but you know, here we are today, we don't hear that much about the debate anymore. Why is that? Um, well, as I mentioned in the first segment, I think uh, we just have a different type of leadership than what we used to have. Um, the, the debate early on uh, was more about short term versus long term um, cost and benefits of the debt. So uh, Alexander Hamilton thought that the debt was a, a national blessing, and Thomas Jefferson thought that it was a curse, and it turns out they were both right. Uh, Hamilton was right in the short and, and medium term because the national debt helped uh, the, the young United States to develop a, a modern financial system, which has been uh, very important uh, in, in our uh, economic development, despite, despite these periodic uh, crises like the one we're going through right now. And it also helped to cement the, uh, the nation together because, as I show in the book, um, there were uh, bondholders, people who um, 
owns uh, federal bonds throughout the United States, north and south, east and west, urban and rural, um, and uh, throughout uh, social strata uh, as well. Um, and so these folks had a natural uh, inclination to want to uh, try to keep the union together and to keep the national government uh, relatively strong so that the government would be able to collect the taxes necessary to, to service the debt. Um, Jefferson, uh, though, was right in the long term. What he was worried about was, uh, you know, government finding it easier to um, borrow and spend uh, rather than to, to tax and spend, uh, and uh, realize that over time that would uh, make a national debt that would get larger and larger and larger and, and would never uh, go away. Uh, so uh, Hamilton was right. We were able to pay it off once, but soon after uh, the government, you know, found it easier to borrow and, and, and spend, and uh, we've been in debt uh, ever since. To the point now where um, when you when we pay our taxes, uh, you know, next week, about uh, ten cents on every dollar is going to go just to pay interest on the national debt. Well, you know, let's talk about this. I mean, have we really gotten used to the idea of being in debt? I mean, you know what it's, you know what I'm saying? It's kind of like when um, smallpox and, uh, you know, uh, measles were sort of rampant in our country and we had no way to take care of it. There was much more awareness. And, you know, now there's very little conversation about it because we, you know, we've been so indoctrinated and I think it's in part numbed to it. Is that what's happening with our debt? Or is it that people feel like this is such a big problem that they can't really do anything about it? Uh, yeah, well, Americans, of course, have enough uh, enough debt of their own to worry about. Exactly. Point. Yeah. Um, but uh, this $31,000 per person that's hanging out there uh, is, uh, is, is just as real. Now, we don't literally proportion it uh, that way, but what it means is that taxes have to be higher in the future um, just to pay the interest uh, on this debt, right, which is more than we spend on, um, you know, things like Medicare, uh, uh, Medicaid. Uh, so, um, you know, it is, a, it is a big problem, and $9.4 trillion is a very difficult number to come to terms with. I mean, there are no trillionaires, right? We have some billionaires, but nobody's close to having... Uh, a trillion dollars. Only uh, major governments play with that sort of uh, money. But uh, you might remember uh, back in 1981, uh, Ronald Reagan tried to um, explain what it, what one trillion dollars meant. Yes. Do you remember what he said? <laughs> no, I, do, I don't remember, but it was kind of weird to me. <laughs> well, uh, this will seem very weird then, but he said uh, one trillion dollars would be a, a stack of $1,000 bills 67 miles high. Mm. The national debt's now just about nine point four trillion, and the Federal Reserve doesn't, um, you know, uh, emit thousand uh, dollar bills anymore. A hundred dollars is the highest denomination, so we we have to make the stack a hundred dollar bills. And so, um, if my math is right, that would be a um, a stack of one hundred dollar bills, sixty three hundred miles high. Well, you know, that, you know, can we wrap our minds around that? I mean, can we really look at that? And, and, you know, I think this is part of the reason that you wrote the book, 
I mean, it's really looking at this level of awareness we have. And, you know, and let's talk about that. What can we as individuals do? I'm here with Dr. Uh, Robert Wright. We're talking about his book, One Nation Under Debt. And, you know, we're looking at, you know, the, the, the transformation of how we, we talked about debt back in the time of Washington and, and Jefferson and, and how does that re- relate to where we are now? You know, is there something beyond panic that people should be aware of right now? Uh, well, they could uh, certainly try to get politicians to start thinking and talking about these. Things. Well, nobody's talking about it. No one is really talking about no, no, it. No, right, but they might start to mm-hmm. if, um, you know, people made it clear that they, uh, that they wanted this put on the agenda. Um, you know, it, it happened before very early in our history, but it also happened in the 1990s, you might mm-hmm. recall. Uh, where uh, we had a, a very high uh, national debt um, as, a, as a residue from fighting that last bit of the Cold War with the Reagan uh, military buildup and, and so forth in the 1980s. Yes. Um, yeah, and there was for a time a political consensus that uh, we needed to pay the, pay the debt down, and uh, we passed some um, legislation that the Supreme Court later, um, later said was unconstitutional, uh, the, the presidential line-item veto. Um, but we also passed, um, you know, uh, uh, legislation in, in Congress that essentially forced the federal government for a time to run uh, a balanced budget, uh, and it did. Um, but this all came apart when, uh, you know, the administration changed to, uh, you know, to the to the Bush years and uh, 9/11. Um, you know, for for a while, people uh, stopped focusing on the national uh, debt and fiscal issues uh, more generally because uh, we were more concerned. You know about uh, uh, about uh, preparing the, the nation uh, against further terrorist attacks and whatnot. Uh, but in the meantime, the national debt has uh, has crept up from the point where we thought we were going to get rid of it to uh, the point now where it's hard to imagine ever being able to pay this all off. Well, it has to be addressed, and certainly that's got to be the conversation for you know whoever comes into uh, office in this next go-around. You know, thank you so much for joining us here today, uh, Dr. Wright. I mean, uh, you know, this is a conversation. I mean, part of this is getting an understanding of what's happening, and more importantly, to know that there can be a solution. It may not happen overnight, but certainly we can do something. Can you uh, let our listeners know what is the personal message that you want our listeners to have with them as we end the show today? Um. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that one. I'm not sure what... They didn't warn you about me. <laughs> uh, well, uh, you know, I guess uh, the personal message would be if, if you ever have an opportunity to uh, converse with a, with a politician, um, you know, uh, ask them about their stance on fiscal responsibility, on the national debt, on balanced budgets. Uh, about all of that stuff, which is so crucially important both to our country's well-being and our personal well-being. Well, thank you for joining us here today. All right, everyone, thank you for listening to the Dr. Pat Show. We'll see you next week, same time, lots of engaging conversation. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to The Dr. Pat Show, radio to thrive by. To contact Dr. Pat, visit thedrpatshow.com. Tune in next Tuesday for another dynamic hour of The Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basile.